الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له المحيي المميت القابض والباسط والرافع والخافض إذا قضى أمرا فإنما يقول له كن فيكون وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وهادينا ونبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله يا أيها المدثر قم فأنذر وربك فكبر وثيابك فطهر والرجز فهجر ولا تمن تستكثر ولربك فاصبر من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يضل أبدا ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يهدى أبدا ومن يعتصم بالله فقد هدي إلى صراط مستقيم أما بعد Dear committed Muslims You have been aware throughout all of these years that a major discrepancy in our social existence as Muslims has been our inability to take a thoughtful look at the real world around us. We fail to do this in our khutbas. We fail to do it in our discussions. We fail to do it whenever it is required. The social world around us, especially in its political educational and military aspects beckons our attention. Our attention is long overdue in this regard. What we have when we look at what we're supposed to be looking at, we have a power structure that is raining destruction upon our minds and 
on mankind. Nothing new to be expected if we are students of the Quran. The ayah in Surah Iqra says, Kalla inna al insana layatra arraahu stagna. Rather, this social being, we, the human beings in this world, are prone to the concentration and abuse of power. When, the question here is from me, when, arra'ahu stagna, once this social being considers himself or sees himself not in need, being in a psychology of not needing anything, that's the psychology of those who have power and wealth. Who does this? This Turian, who does it? The ayah tells us who does it. Those who think that they are in no need of Allah. Okay, now, let us go back to basics. We have these rulers. We have these people, who these tycoons. And we also have these scientists. They sort of join hands and produce to us the ideas that have settled in the public, in the general public mind. We're, we're going back to basics with them here. Let's ask them. Do you have any control with all that you have and with that psychology of not needing divine authority? Do you have any control over the universe? You control the universe? the obvious answer is no if they are honest they'll say no we have the rulers people in power people in wealth and people in science you control do you control the moon the sun the universe everything that's in it obviously the answer is not they don't that's in the celestial world we go to the nano world. Are you in control of things that are happening in the world of viruses and bacteria and germs? There's a, there are worlds out there. Do you have any control over them? And if they are avoiding fabrications, they'll tell you, no, we have no control over any of that. Let's be very simple with these types of people. The seed 
Yeah, the very small seed. Do you have the ability to flex that seed into the full-grown plant that it becomes? Or fruit that... Can you do something like that? أَأَنْتُمْ تَزْرَعُونَهُ أَمْ نَحْنُ الزَّارِعُونَ Another ayah in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. But they, they don't want to be confronted with this. Why? Because you bring them down. They're no longer these all-powerful figures that they project themselves to be. So, now we now that you can't do any of that, you're not in control of any of that, you have no power in these worlds and in these lives and spheres. So what makes us man? What makes us humans? What makes us behave like this? When we acquire power, we acquire wealth, we acquire science and knowledge, why do we behave like this? Arrogant. Saying foul words about other individuals, about other races, about other peoples. What brings a person to that climax of arrogance? One of the major components to this psychology, this socio-political economic psychology, one of the major components is they brag that now they have the science, they have the technology, they have the statistics and numbers and data. They have all of that. Okay, we bring them also back to basics. If you have all of that, does this science and knowledge and information, all of it that you have in your human intelligence and in your artificial intelligence, combine all of that, can you produce for us the necessities of life and the answer to that is obviously no, they can't. Necessities of life, food, water, air, this is how we live. Can they from scratch produce any of that? And the answer is obviously no, they can't. What they have produced is a veneer of modernity. This science that they have in their possession has brought us a degree of modernity. What does that mean? It means like thousands of hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago we used to wear leather. Human beings used to wear leather. Now they wear shoes. And these shoes can have cushions in them, they can have arch support, they can have... So, what is this? You think because you've improved something in a certain way, in the winter time, we get cold. So what did you do? You came up with a furnace, a heater, or whatever it is. What did you do? 
you just the temperature that was cold you made it milder in the summertime you brought in air conditioners and what was supposed to be a hot day outside you made it a cooler day inside what does that mean you didn't come up with anything new you didn't create anything you didn't provide the substance and the essentials of life the air that we breathe the water that we drink and the food that we eat none of that you did none of it now let us take a look at what you're doing to these essentials of life food you you can't you can't substitute new food out of your laboratories with the food that comes from Allah's world. You can't do that. What you can do is you can starve human beings and that's what you're doing. Not only you can do it, you are really doing it. And a human being can go without food for a long period of time. He can go for, some can go for many weeks some can go for many months without food and in this area you try to manipulate and control human beings we're not supposed to be under your manipulation and your control but that's what you are trying to do we know that if you begin to starve us which you are doing in the real world this is not hypothetical our body begins to draw from its reserves it draws from the fat that we have in our body then it goes the body begins to draw from the muscles and then at the end it begins to draw from the bones it's another reference to an ayah in the Quran qala rabbi inni wahanal azmu minni in Surah Maryam, my bone structure has become frail because life has taken its toll on my energy reserves. There's no more life in me. How am I going to have a child? And you know all of this, we're not telling you anything new. We're telling ourselves maybe something new because some of us choose not to think about what Allah Jalla wa'ala is bringing to our attention. Now we go to the water supply of the world. If we can stay without food for weeks and months, we can only stay without water for days and maybe a cup maybe a week i don't know depending on the human being depending on the climate or whatever but you can't go a long time without water these people in power in wealth in knowledge when they close ranks have they tried to monopolize and control water like they monopolize and control food sources and food stuffs ask yourself you get a water bill all of us are paying a water bill one way or the other are we paying for water or are we paying for the service to deliver the water 
Has anyone ever asked themselves that? We're not. Be, no one's supposed to be paying for water. There can be an argument for paying for the delivery of the water. We're not supposed to be paying for water. The Prophet of Allah says, people, and that means all people, share three resources. Al-Ma' The first one is water. Water has to be shared by humanity. Why do we have these people who are in power and wealth and those who are in the science, the scientists, why do we have them behave like they are masters of the universe when it comes to these natural resources? النَّاسُ شُرَكَاءُ فِي ثَلَاثِ الْمَاءُ وَالْكَلَأُ وَالنَّارِ People share three resources. Water, the natural vegetation, natural plants, and heat. None of that applies to I mean, who is going to mention this? Because you're going to run into a clash with the policies and the politicians and the parliaments and the power structures that are out there. If you begin to think how the ayah or the hadith applies to the real world. And then we come to the air that we breathe. These are the necessities of life over which they have no influence. We come to we who can who can last several minutes without breathing? Who can do that? These who are in power, the different power structures that overarch with each other, you'd think they would try to get away with providing us with air to be in control of our breathing process. Allah has given us fresh air. They can't control it, but what they are doing is poisoning it. Their poisons have gone through these three vital areas, these necessities of our life. The contrast between who we are or supposed to be and the real world out there has to knock on our minds. We can't go on living like this without thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He has privileged us, honored us. And of a certainty, we have dignified the descendants of Adam. But this descendant of Adam, you and me and the world out there, the human beings out there, we have the capability in us to break with Allah's laws and rules in the physical world and in the social world. That's what's going on. 
The person who speaks with a loud mouth, who sits on top of the most powerful military in the world. Listen to him when he speaks. And you can detect in him his breaking away from divinity and divine authority. So we have that capability. We can rebel. Allah has given us the freedom to rebel. Just like we have the freedom to conform to him, we have the freedom to rebel against him. And we see this playing out in real life. أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَسْجُدُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَالشَّمْسِ وَالْقَمَرِ وَالنُّجُومِ وَالشَّجَرِ وَالدَّوَابِ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ وَكَثِيرٌ حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ Listen, listen to the ayah. Tune into the ayah. With your God-given thinking mind. Have you not seen that to Allah, everyone in everything in the heavens and everything on earth and the sun and the moon and the celestial bodies, the stars and plants, trees and beasts and animals and many people وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ وَكَثِيرٌ حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ See the ayah didn't وَكَثِيرٌ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ عَذَابِ Allah's punishing penalty is due upon only many people, not upon the heavens, not upon the earth, not upon the sun or the moon or the trees or the stars or the animals. No, none of them. There's only a divergence when it comes to people. كَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ يَسْجُدْ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ What is a sujood? A sujood is the ultimate and utter submission to Allah. Islam is the general submission to Allah. Sujood is the core submission to Allah. That's why you don't you don't find that in the world has anyone ever heard of the sun having an attitude I'm upset today and I'm not going to have I'm not going to rise. There's not going to be a sunrise because I'm upset. It doesn't happen. Does it happen that you see a tree that's saying, I'm not going to grow because I feel not gro- feel like not growing? It never happens. Everything works. Everything moves. Everything 
progresses with a universal system. The only exist, the only being that does not or cannot or will not do so is this social being that's on earth right now. The policies that are causing havoc throughout the world. Just think for a moment, if we did not have prophets that came to our societies in centuries past, and we did not have scriptures that were revealed to those societies in centuries past, just just think, what, where would, how would our existence be? This is when we come to appreciate what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enlightened us with. And we come to know that our thinking capacity that goes along with the choice to rebel from Allah is what's causing the problems that are that have become a catastrophe to humanity. لَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا تَحْتَ الثَّرَى You know, uh, this ayah says, this ayah is in Surah Taha, number 6. Belonging to Allah is what is in the heavens and what is on earth and what is beneath the earth. What is beneath the surface of the earth. In, uh, sometimes in our limited knowledge or in our knowledge that is controlled by people who have the information and the channels and choices of disseminating that information, we think if one of these natural disasters happens that it is a tragedy that has occurred. It's a way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opening our, trying to open our minds to the resources that we would otherwise be oblivious of. If we have an earthquake, and mentioning earthquakes, California this past week had eight earthquakes. Of course, they were mild, 2.5 or 3.2 or 2.6 or whatever. Mild earth, eight of them in a sequence in about a week's time. Geologists say this is an indication of a major quake in the making. Now these earthquakes are in one sense alarms. But they can't be alarms for people who are disconnected from Allah. Allah is trying to bring something your, to your attention. But if you want to close your eyes and ears, what can be done? Besides that, whether they are earthquakes or some type of eruptions in the earth of whatever nature that is or whatever nat- what we, we call natural catastrophes, Obviously, it is a problem to certain individuals who are the immediate victims of it. 
But to the rest of humanity, it's supposed to be a sign, a signal for a better life. Whether a better life in discovering what is beneath the surface of the earth, or whether it's a better life in understanding that our social laws can trigger Allah's laws that we are supposed to be conscious of in our social existence. If we violate them so much, they will trigger the physical laws, Allah's laws in our physical existence. كُلٌّ قَدْ عَلِمَ صَلَاتَهُ وَتَسْبِيحَهُ وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ There's nothing, absolutely nothing in existence except that it is in conformity and in harmony with Allah. The exception is this human being, this social being. إِنَّا عَرَضْنَا الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ فَأَبَيْنَ أَنْ يَحْمِلْنَهَا وَحَمَلَهَا الْإِنسَانِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ ظَلُومًا جَهُولًا Which brings us finally in this khutbah to thinking a little about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given the information that He has given us. We don't want to go in the zigzagging manner of some philosophers who cannot or do not rely upon Allah's information. To understand a little better Al-Haqq subhanahu wa ta'ala, to understand him a little better, our mind can conceive of an essence and a description. We don't know any of the other details. In the words of the ulama and the fuqaha, that the self and essence, and as-sifat, the attributes and the descriptions. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says one of his attributes is al-hayy the ever living one and he says al-muhyi another one of his attributes is al-muhyi al-hayy pertains to a that al-muhyi pertains to as-sifat to understand this a little better I know maybe some may not grasp it in a few minutes but I will try to discharge my conscientious duty The Asma'ullah al-Husna Walahu al-Asma'ul-Husna They 
inform us of these two aspects a that and a sifat and all of them are in the superlative al-hay al-muhi al-mumit al-qabid al-basit al-qawi al-qadir etc we can use these descriptions when we speak about mortals when you speak about human life we can use these you can say someone is ghani he is rich but the ultimate wealth the ultimate richness as far as you can go in understanding that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when someone when a Muslim says Allah al-Qawi Allah is the powerful that is that exhausts every meaning of power and Muslims say it no Muslim denies this verbally even in a discussion but when it comes to policy when it comes to what am I going to do whatever I'm going to do in whatever capacity I am in do I think of Allah as Al-Qawi does that factor into my decision and the answer to that regrettably unfortunately alas the answer to that is no And this is where our problem is. We fail to understand Allah. Ta'alat hikmatuh wa jalla sha'nuh. We fail to understand Him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to judge us by our words, He's going to judge us by our works. لَيْسَ بِأَمَانِيِّكُمْ وَلَا أَمَانِيِّ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ مَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا يُجْزَ بِهِ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدْ لَهُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ وَلِيًّا وَلَا نَصِيرًا أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ أُدْعُوهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَأَنْتُمْ مُوْقِنُونَ بِالْإِجَابَةِ وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَّابٌ رَحِيمٌ الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed Muslims the 
valued information that we have from Allah Azza wa Jal and the experience and the lifelong teaching struggle of Allah's Prophet all of this should be made relevant to the real world around us we should not close our minds when very life and death issues are impacting us we we're not living on mars and we're not living a thousand years ago we are here and now so what is in our here and now what is in it that we refuse to look at with a mature mind and a stable psychology things like the following and we take a look at the land of our prophet the land of our first and final revelations the birthplace of Islam a judge something is happening there and because something is happening there you need to know some details these details should not be off the radar and they should not be off limits a judge in Al-Kharj, a place that is southeast of Riyadh, this past week left the court to go to pray Salat al-Dhuhr and someone shot him. Some reports said he was shot in the shoulder. Some re- they took him to the hospital. We don't want to go into these types of personal details. But the fact that someone is shooting someone else in the land, what's supposed to be the land of morality and civility, where we orient and direct ourselves five times a day during our five prayers, that should be an issue of concern to us. This super rich tycoon, belonging to the royal family Al-Walid ibn Talal recently this was in December but the news just came out was permitted to be interviewed by a Canadian from of Saudi origin who went over there to Riyadh and he was permitted to have a closed circuit TV conversation with Al Walid. He said the room that Al Walid appeared to be in looked like 
an interrogation room. Now this is a person who, Al-Walid ibn Talal that is, this is a person who is considered to be one of the wealthiest persons on the planet. In this video conference call or conversation, this Saudi from Canada said that Al-Walid appeared to be in low spirits, tired, dejective, unshaven, and this they are doing, the ruling family in Arabia is doing this to a person belonging to their own family. Now does that remind you of Bani Israel who were doing terrible things to members of their own tribe, of their own family? Of course, this type of knowledge is not supposed to surface in the public mind because people, thinking people, will begin to realize that Bani Saud are like Bani Israel. And that's not permitted. It's not permitted in the media, in the mass media here, or in the mass media in other places. One of their celebrity preachers in that evil kingdom, one of their celebrity preachers by the name of Aad Al-Qarni, used to be all over the place TV, media, traveling all of this stuff this past week on one of the satellite TV stations belonging to the royal family called M- the satellite st- TV station is called MBC he appeared on a program and he said talaktu as-siyasa bithalath I have divorced politics, consummating it three times, meaning a final divorce. It's wrong. Ayat in the Quran don't have political meanings in them. You're running away from these ayat in the Quran. These are his words. I'm not a political analyst. وَأُبَشِّرُكُمْ أَنِّي تُبْتُ مِنَ السِّيَاسَةِ I break good news to you. I have made tawbah. No more politics. For years now. F-O-R طَلَّقْتُهَا بِالثَّلَاثِ لَا رَجْعَةَ بَعْدَهَا I will never go back to political issues. You see what he is saying indirectly, what he is inferring is someone was pulling our legs in all of these past years. They were lying to us. We were deceived and we were legitimizing their 
meaning the ruling family in Arabia and their masters outside Arabia, they used the religious class in Saudi Arabia to legitimize their wars, their propaganda, and everything else. And this person has something of an internal conscience. He was as frank as to break from being used, but he doesn't have the courage to say, The word of truth and justice in a face, in the face of a tyrant ruler. We're not supposed to look at this. We're not supposed to consider these with an Islamic thinking mind. Abu Dhabi constructed a museum, called it the, say, the same name that the Paris Museum has, Louvre or whatever, however they, they pronounce it. In that museum, they had a map of the Arabian Gulf, that's their wording. They had a map of the Arabian Gulf. And in that map, on that map, they omitted the nation state of Qatar. Doesn't appear on the map. They did this last week. This week, they said, oh, this was a mistake of ours. They took down the map. In Kuwait, a journalist was sentenced to five years in prison just for using Twitter to criticize Saudi Arabia. It's, re it's reported that he fled to Britain. So to escape being thrown behind bars. What's happening in Jordan is another area that we should place into our thinking capacity. Jordan is made up, the majority population of Jordan is Palestinians. And some of the events that are happening in, pa in Palestine are having an overflow into Jordan. The government there wants to stabilize certain prices. But people, whether they have bakeries or whether they have shops, they want to make a living. So now there's a tension between market forces in Jordan and the kingdom of Jordan. A thief robs a bank in Jordan and social media lights up with comments that are on the side of the thief against the establishment. They sympathize with the thief. A Kuwaiti student, female student in Jordan, had her bracelet stolen from her. These may seem, these may seem like minor tremors, just like earthquake signs here. These are indications 
of a larger explosion that's waiting to happen. And we're not supposed to be thinking about this because they want you to go to Masajid and close your minds. And now, there's a film that just came out in India, of all places, in India. And that film is causing religious friction among the Muslims, between the Muslims and the Hindus. Why? Because there are some very famous and iconic Bollywood stars who have roles in this film. And the film depicts a Muslim ruler who falls in love with a Hindu queen. And according to the film, as some news reports have it, this Muslim ruler invades the city that that queen is in and there are love scenes between the two in the film. According to Hindu history, the queen along with a hundred and more of her female servants, they torch themselves, they put themselves on fire to avoid that Muslim king. An issue like this, why should it be an issue of tension? Why should Muslims not have enough understanding? Why should Hindus not have enough understanding? The population there seems to be on the verge of civil strife because of something like this. And something like, we can't speak for Hindus. They have their own context and let people of conscience speak in that context. But in the Muslim context, as long as our masajid and our manabir, as long as they are sources of prejudice and ignorance, we will continue to have problems in our homelands and problems in our homes. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابَهُ وَلَا تَجْعَلْهُ مُلْتَبِسًا عَلَيْنَا وَجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا رَبَّنَا وَسَعْتَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا سَبِيلَكَ وَقِهِمْ عَذَابَ الْجَحِيمِ ربنا وأدخلهم جنات عدن التي وعدتهم ومن صلح من آبائهم وأزواجهم وذرياتهم إنك أنت العزيز الحكيم ربنا افتح بيننا وبين قومنا بالحق وأنت خير الفاتحين ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا ربنا كن معنا ولا تكن علينا 
ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنة للقوم الظالمين ربنا نجنا برحمتك من القوم الكافرين ربنا صل على محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين وصل على إبراهيم وآله أجمعين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون يعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور وأقم الصلاة وأرحنا بها أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاة 